Hey there, everyone. It's Joe from Ainsley's Gold Silver Standard Insights, brought to you by goldsilverstandard.com and ainsleybullion.com.au. Today's topic is Federal Reserve is in a tough spot. Now that's posted on the Ainsley website. I'll put a link below for you to follow along. And of course, we have Chris Tipper here to break down the morning's news. And joining Chris today is Alex Hutchinson from Siltec Precious Metals. So Chris and Alex, over to you. Thanks, Joe. The market was sent back into volatility and uncertainty on Friday night after the release of the latest non-farm payrolls employment numbers out of the US. The main thing holding up the Fed from slowing down the pace of rate rises was the expectation of unemployment increasing and slowing the economy down, but the numbers surprised the upside, with jobs still being created at a solid pace. Probably even more significantly though, wages increased sharply, which is great for employees, but is not what you want to see if you're the Fed counting on workers not being able to continue to afford to spend if you want inflation to fall. Joining us today to make all of this um, hopefully make sense, we welcome back Alex. So welcome back, Alex. Thanks for having me again, Chris. Let's dig into this because it's, uh, to me, it was a little bit of a surprise. Like I have been expecting to see a greater uptick in those, those unemployment numbers and it just wasn't there. Um, so w- what did you take, what was your take on all of this? Um, I thought it was a pretty big miss in terms of the data. What what did you see there? Well, I mean, ultimately it was a huge miss what has happened. Um, the the consensus from the Bloomberg um, survey on economists was that way, uh, that jobs would be around 200,000 and uh, it came in at 263,000. That is with some within some margin of error with what's been going on, but the biggest one um, from Friday was the huge growth in um, in wages. So economists were expecting around two point six percent per annum, so well under inflation and really stripping out that purchasing power. You're talking away from people, but it's coming at five point one percent, which is nearly double what they were expecting. So. You still had the participation rate dropping, so uh, that's gone down now to 62, I'm going to get this wrong, (laughs) 62.1%. And so you've still got that going on, but then you've got this massive wage um, growth that no one was expecting. And, you know, Powell, Powell and all of the Federal Reserve Board just keep talking about it's going to happen. Wages are going to drop. CPI is dropping. This is dropping. Everything's dropping. Wages are going to happen. But it's the last bit of data we need before we can stop these huge inflate, um, rate rises. And Friday was huge. So then they're now there's a lot of economists now saying a long way to go before this stop, the tightening can be stopped. And, and that was my sort of take on it as well, that they'd made it quite clear and i actually felt in the lead up to to that non-farm payrolls num or those numbers that they were making it quite or they were they were giving the market the expectation that they were intending on on slowing down quite significantly so that feels like it caught everyone by surprise um do, do you think what what's actually driving that do you do you think that that's going to continue or was was this just an anomaly like is it is it something that okay Yep, we got that one final little little ticker, but now everything will go back the way that the Fed was expecting, like you were just describing. Is is that how you see it, or is there is there something more at play here? Well, I mean, just I'll do a comparison in a second between Australia, New Zealand, and the US. But just looking at the US to start with, participation rate just keeps going down. What was interesting about this one was 
people in the age group 25 to 59 are still leaving the workforce. So the participation rate in that mm. area is still dropping. Then you've got the retirees. Um, the news sort of spoke, spoke today about uh, a lot of people during COVID left the workforce that were close to retirement and they're just not going to come back. So yeah. that participation rate from them is not going to uptick. Um, and then you've also, um, so you've got then women in the actual um, age group that do work now leaving the workforce. So participation rate does not look amazing. Um, well, I have to wonder how that's sustainable though, because some of those people surely will end up needing to come back to work. Like where are they uh, finding their income from? Well, I mean, we spoke about the China thing last week and a lot of the, you know, the quitting thing that went on before. A lot of people are just utterly disillusioned by what's been going on and yeah. um, people don't care so much. So, you know, you don't get a nice new sweater one week, but you're working five hours less. I don't think people care as much anymore. And I just don't, mm. I think after COVID, people are tired and they're not as excited to get back to work. So I can't see that upticking. Um, what... You know, then then you've also got um, you've also got the immigration issue, which we've spoken mm. about in New Zealand, which I, I did some comparisons just on how long it takes to do a visa and what the wage growth um, wage uh, growth has been. So in Australia, it takes about ninety days now to get a working visa, and Albanese had his big policy back in about June and July where they talked about just opening up for about 200,000 employees. Well, our wage growth has sat around 3.1% since that. Now, looking at New Zealand, they're actually at 8.8% uh, wage growth for this year, which is actually wow. above their inflation level of 7.1%. But their visas are taking up to 24 months to process. So they've just got no one coming in. And mm. then actually sitting in the middle of that is the US. So the US... It's taking about 12 months for a work visa to be processed and their wage inflation's at 5.1%. So really, if you look at those numbers, um, maybe immigration is a much bigger policy issue than people are looking at, especially with the boomer generation coming to the end. They're saying 2030, all boomers are 65. That's it. 2034 in the US, there are less children than there are retirees. So there's it's just going to be exacerbated without um, either immigration policies, women back to work policies, or um, more children. So I think you've just, is. you've answered a little bit of what was confusing me in that explanation there around immigration, because that's probably why these numbers are so confusing. And why I was getting confused before to say, well, how can these people not work? It's probably always been that way. It's just we've had the flow of new um, immigrants coming in to replace those those workers in those jobs when we've had other periods of, of people, for whatever reason, leaving the workforce. That's effectively what you're saying, isn't it? That is. So um, New Zealand generally has had pretty good immigration policies. They just haven't since COVID. So yep. their participation rate's at about 71%. Australia's been pretty strong for immigration. We're around 66%. The US is at 62%. Now, their immigration policy really hasn't been changed since the Reagan era of 1986. Mm -hmm. So they've, they're 30 years behind where everyone else is on immigration. And we've now got the Senate and the House, um, Republicans and Democrats, nothing's going to change quickly. So the pressure is not going away. 
Um, uh, in the news today, we also looked at a report from um, DeSalle, which is a, a recruitment company over in the US. They're saying that last year, about 65% of firms saying they were going to hire. This year for 2023, they're saying 85%. But what's really interesting is 50% of firms want to hire salespeople. Surely that's mm. got to be a fairly strong leading indicator of them expecting sales to keep going. That's right, because you wouldn't, that's not the first person you would hire. Um, that's further down down the track. You've already got your product ready to go. You've already established your marketing. Yeah, you know, if you're hiring a salesperson, that, like you say, is a leading indicator of we're ready to kick off and we're ready to expand the business. It's, it's not about slowing at all, is it? doesn't seem to be. And really, you, you start looking at some of the policies and looking at what's going on and, you, you know, Powell actually got up and started saying the other day, um, hey, government, immigration policy, can we start looking at it? They, they know where this is, where mm. the constraint is. They keep talking about it, but the Fed is not the government and the government is not the Fed, so that's where it is. Fascinating. Well, I'd like to just pivot a little bit from here because um, obviously a lot of our, our, our um, viewers will be interested to know what's going on with gold and silver in this context because there was some really quite interesting price action on the back of that data um, where we saw prices go down, then up, and it's quite confusing. And we've actually had a few questions around this as well to know what, what's going on here because sometimes it's like bad data is or bad news is good for the metal. Sometimes good news is good for the metal. Can you give us a bit of an overview of, of your take on what what happened, first of all, from Friday till now, sort of with the gold and silver price, but also how you interpret the bigger picture of what's going on here and what that's likely to do to the metal prices? So I always watch platinum and silver, platinum before silver, um, as leading indicators on metal. I actually haven't looked at platinum, so I won't do that now. But um, gold uh, on the back of the announcement dropped from, I think it was... Uh, was around 1804 and it dropped to 1778 uh, um, and then in the aftermarket stopped at um, 1794 but then today it's back up to 1806 so basically what's happened is everyone went bad news um, for metals and it's dropped to uh, 1778 and then people have gone actually metals are strong so yeah. I, I and then silver, which is a really good indicator of the strength of a market. So normally in a bull market, silver leads gold. Um, silver dropped from 22.6 down to 22.3-ish. And today, I mean, last time I looked, it was at 23.4. So good news is good news. Bad news is good news, I suspect, for metals at the moment. So they're pretty strong. Um, and you know, looking at the Aussie to New Zealand, well, the Aussie is weakening against the New Zealand dollar. It's strengthening against the US dollar. And that's what we were talking about before with those having the issues with, um, with uh, inflation from wages. Well, Australia doesn't have that, which may hold the dollar back a bit and may therefore really support metals in Aussie dollars yep. at the moment. So that's the way I see it. But yeah, um, you know what? I'm going to quickly check platinum, but... Um, but silver to, has nearly bounced a dollar on the back of what should be bad news. Oh, no, platinum's not up as much, but just silver today. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if it holds on the, on the 
good news and holds on the bad news. Because I mean, that, that, that could be the start of a narrative shift, couldn't it? That that really it's decoupling, like the metals might be decoupling a bit here from we just get a newsprint and it automatically does what we would expect to it's standing on its own two feet. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you've had the crypto market take some of, put a bit of wind in, I guess, gold and silver lately. Yep. So you've got that support as well. So we'll see which way it goes, but it's it's pretty healthy. Yeah, no, I agree. And it was um, it was a bit confusing, but I think when you look, when you zoom out a bit too on those charts, um, there's some pretty good looking patterns setting up longer term that that might really see a breakout potential and we don't know it could be bad news that drives it or it could be good news so it might be time to actually step away a little bit from trying to interpret the news on every little move and and look at the bigger setups because often these things play out regardless of, of what the news does yeah absolutely all right well this is actually our, our last um insights with you for this year so we're finishing up on on wednesday so i have one more coming but thank you very much for everything um that you've put put into this this year and the news and and insight that you've provided so hopefully you have a great break and we'll um we'll catch up with you again next year to see where we are after the break looking forward to it chris all right thanks alex thanks bye Thanks so much for being on the show. Once again, Alex and Chris, I'll see you on the next one. And of course, to the audience, I want you to head over to the Discord channel. That's discord.gg forward slash gold. The perfect way to continue the conversation. Alex and Chris will be there for the next one or two hours after the upload of this video. So head over there, ask your questions, get a response and tell us your feedback. We really want to hear from you. I always want you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Ainsley Bullion for the wide range of informational videos that we post five days a week, including specials and much, much more. And while you're on the internet, head over to goldsilverstandard.com because that's bringing gold and silver into the digital world. As we say here at the end, balance your wealth in an unbalanced world. Take care and we'll see you next time.